Hello and welcome. You're listening to Start Again with Shauna Lee, the place where you will be reminded that it's never too late and you're never too old to do the damn thing. So stick around if you're ready to vibe higher and be inspired to chase your dreams. Together, we will uncover your soul's truest desires. Now, if you're ready, let's get started. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Start Again with Shauna Lee. Today, I am going to introduce you to a new friend. Her name is Nicole Holst, and I'm going to let her give you an intro. But first, Nicole, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice chatting with you already. Yes, I um, I love how the internet brings us all together these days, and um, our meeting was no different, but why don't you start off by giving everyone a quick little intro, who you are, what you do, where you're coming from, but specifically, how have you embraced this idea of starting again? Sure. So I am now an intuitive life purpose coach, which is something... I think the universe had a plan for all along because there were definitely times in my life where I thought, what am I doing in this situation? Why am I in this job? Uh, How did I end up in this field? You know, my dream was always to be in the arts and be a performer, be a dancer, choreographer, show producer was my first dream. Um, And then I, so I ended up in the physical health field teaching dance and Pilates And then I did mental health work. I worked with the homeless on the streets, and that was very fascinating, but emotionally exhausting work. So I kind of went from being physically burnt out to then being emotionally and mentally burnt out because I didn't know how to protect my own energy boundaries. And then I got Mm -hmm. into that kind of kickstarted like a spiritual awakening. Um, So I got into, you know, um, just anything, um, non-traditional holistic techniques that seem to work better than, you know, traditional medicine did, Um, Mm -hmm. spirituality and tarot I got into at the time. And all of those three things, uh, my background in physical health, mental health, and spirituality, I realized once, once upon a time, this, you know, I have the perfect background to do mind, body, soul healing and help people find their purpose. So that's what I'm doing now is combining all of that experience into a holistic coaching, which looks at not just, you know, what, what do you not like in your life? Um, like maybe traditional life coaching does, but right. what are the energetic things that are out of balance or, you know, physical things I think can be little warning signs that something is not aligned to you or, or mentally, what are you struggling with? that's preventing you from following that purpose. Cause usually it all comes back to our hang up. So um, yep. It feels like a very natural uh, progression for me. Um, so I'm no stranger to starting again because I've moved across the country three times. <laughs> so I moved to New York when I was first starting my dance journey with no plan, kind of trusting that the universe would have my back, which yep. it did. I had amazing experiences and you know built a following of students one on one and um, in group classes. And then I just hit the wall, and so I back to California and that's when I got into mental health by sort of chance again, you know, and yeah. started over again from literally entry level as a secretary. And then to uh, realize I liked working with people one-on-one and I got into the homeless outreach as an entry level homeless outreach worker. And then I progressed up to being the supervisor of the treatment teams or the, the assistant supervisor um, co-managing these most intensive treatment teams in the county. And then one day I was a conservatorship investigator for the county about five years later. And I was like, how did this happen? (laughs) So (laughs) I've definitely had like 
And then I went on the entrepreneurial journey and, and started doing copywriting and tarot readings. You know, um, I moved back to New York and I got to experience a whole nother level. That was another big, you know, fear factor starting over again. Because at that point I knew it could be a stupid decision. Whereas when I was 20, yes. it was like, you know, just go for it. <laughs> so 100%. But, and I had to get even over, fine enough, I'd grown a lot, of course, by then, but I had to get over even more hurdles mentally that really challenged me to start producing again. And the landscape had changed in 10 years in COVID and everything. And But what happened was I got to realize my dreams on a level I didn't even know existed. Uh, I didn't realize, I thought I had done all my dreams and I, there was like a whole other level I got to go to. And then being a full-time entrepreneur and realizing like really you can start over at any point that you decide I'm not satisfied with my life and it can take many different forms. And I think that's all part of your purpose. It doesn't mean you failed or, you know, you were in the wrong place or took the wrong turn. It just means that your journey is winding. And if you're listening and refining, then you end up in a place where you ultimately feel more fulfilled, I think. So that's what I'm trying to help people with now. And it's really truly based on, yeah, my life experience and my professional experience, but really my own hard one sort of advice and how I can make someone else's journey easier by little simple DIY things that are free that you can do online that I share with people that help me on my way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think um, you're hitting on something, well, you're hitting on a couple things that are crucial. This whole mind, body, spirit alignment process, everybody kind of calls it something different. Um, Mm -hmm. most people I think are only focused on one of the three and it really is about this holistic balance that's customized to that person. And so figuring out what your thing is in order to get your balance around body, mind, spirit, kind of getting all those in sync, I think is the key and what you're doing to help people find their purpose, which is amazing. Um, I also think we tend to think our purpose has to be aligned to our career and what pays our bills. Mm. And it's beautiful when those things align together and you can feel like you're fulfilled in your purpose. And that is also what's primarily kind of supporting you. But I don't think that's always the case, which I think some people just Mm -hmm. need permission to know that you can do something, something. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be epic. I say, you know, like I went out and I was like, I'm going to, leave my small town and be a dancer, like some movie dream, you know, but sometimes it's just feeling better and not waking up in pain every day. Or your purpose could be as simple as like knowing myself again and, and living from my soul out instead of doing what everyone else wants me to do. And not knowing how to make decisions is a big one that comes up a lot with my clients, like not knowing, not trusting themselves, you know, like feeling that intuition and then, but not trusting that they can follow it or is everything going to fall apart or, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I've definitely been there at different, at different stages. And I definitely was in careers for a while doing the survival mode thing, thinking like, when can for I sure. get out and do my purpose? And sometimes yeah. you're working on the purpose on the side for a while, you know, and to make it took me years yes. to make dance and Pilates my thing. So, well, and I think we all want it to be a straight line point A to point B, but oh, yes. finding your purpose <laughs> and your journey is like you said, a meandering kind of yeah. route and path and, to get there. Yeah, and circles. Um, I noticed coming back, yes. like, I, it's funny, all the things from the past that came back when I came back for me to revisit and realize I'm the one that's changed and grown, you know? Yeah. And yeah. in tarot, they say, like, the major arcana from 0 to 22 are, um, or 21, are the um, 
is like a full spiritual journey. And then it doesn't just end. It, you actually go back to beginning and being a beginner yes. all over again. And it's these amazing circles of life. And I think we all know like nature goes in circles and we think that we are supposed to go to a straight trajectory to the top. And then we beat ourselves yeah. up if we get there. You know, I got to the top in, in two different fields. And then I was, it was like one of those movies where they get to the top and then they realize like, I'm here, but I'm here all alone. I'm also in pain yeah. all the time and I'm also suffering. And um, yeah. so, you know, if we determine success as getting to the top, we can end up very unhappy. So I think we have to redefine so success as what's fulfilling to you. Mm -hmm. so. Yes. I think um, if we taught children in school that success is fulfillment, mm. we would have a happier society. For sure. It's not For about sure. chasing the dollar or climbing the ladder or accomplishing like goals are great. And I am a, huge fan of big goals because I think go do whatever the hell you want to do. I think that's mm -hmm. amazing. Like shoot for the stars. Um, but if we think about what is actually successful, it, it really is about fulfillment and feeling connected to your purpose. Yeah. Now I haven't done a whole lot of talking about tarot on this podcast, although I have my share of tarot decks and nice. I'm very much a fan. I have not done the work to memorize. I still like read my little book, but um, tarot doesn't care if I have it memorized or not. It's <laughs> nope. just the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's how I started. And you know, I have little tricks. I'm thinking about actually putting a tarot 101 class together because a lot of people have asked me about it and I have little tips and tricks <laughs> to, yeah. to um, you don't actually have to memorize them. You can memorize themes of the suits. You can memorize certain symbols and then the cards themselves will remind you and you don't have to actually memorize every card. But then after you do it enough, you'll actually start to internalize it. And I learned a lot, a lot by watching other readers on YouTube. And just mm -hmm. for some reason, it, I was a sponge maybe because I was a dancer, visual images and archetypes I've always loved. So, but yeah, the more you yeah. do it and, and, and starting with the book is, it's not really cheating. I mean, that's kind of how you learn. And um, I yeah, do totally. it with the book every once in a while just to kind of refresh. I forgot, Oh, it could have the cards have multiple meanings. So um, and then you can just do it intuitively too, you know, see what the image means to you. You can know nothing about tarot and just, you know, I did it with a friend last night and she doesn't really read tarot, but she, I said, well, what, what do you notice when you see that card? And what she said was spot on, you know, and it's yeah. something about yeah. feeling my energy too. So it's amazing to me. It's, I, I kind of see it as just like a little litmus test of where your energy snapshot is in time. Like if you read your electrical mm -hmm. meter at home, it's just, you mm -hmm. know, I don't see it so much as fortune telling, um, or future. Right. Although I think your energy can predict the future. And, you know, that's probably what I do also is look at, is your energy in alignment to what you want? Because you could say, yes. I want this and that, but do you believe that every day? Are you telling yourself it's possible? Or are you telling yourself I'll never get that? Because that's your energy, right? right? So, right. And then where yes. it all intersects is fascinating to me because I've been doing a lot of research now on that whole mind-body connection and then how the chakras relate. And I just learned that where all the chakra points are, which is our energy centers, underneath yeah. is bundles of nerves and those nerves regulate your nervous system, which regulate your emotions and your body. So it literally 100%. is all lined up and it's, I just did yes. like a, a brand new workshop for that because I think it's so interesting. And we, and like you said, we, we separate them, right? You go to your pain doctor for pain or your, your medical doctor, you go to your therapist for your mind. You maybe go to a tarot reader for, to know your energy, but they're all related. And if someone's only looking at one piece of the puzzle, they're missing out on you as a whole being, right? And I think I'm hoping that yes. things are going to go that way more in the future and that we're going to look at things I, holistically. 
I fully have faith in humanity that that's the direction we're going. Um, and what I, what I like about tarot and crystals and I'm like Oracle cards, like any, to me, each of those is simply a tool Exactly. and you can take it or leave it like whatever tool resonates with you. What I find interesting is how many people have kind of a negative connotation to tarot specifically. Mm -hmm. And I was having a conversation with a friend and it was really about like, is it evil? Is it witchy? Is it something like there was something there to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt like, well, I can help to demystify this and describe kind of how I've known it to be personally. Mm -hmm. And I think you're absolutely right. It can have an element of kind of telling you what the future may hold, but this is what I always tell people. It's really impossible for anyone to say specifically what will happen because you always have free will to choose. And so exactly. you I can be on a path to go in a certain direction. You get to always choose again. And so it's nobody can ever definitively say this is what will happen because every human being is flying around with free will and getting to choose exactly. what they do next. I, I completely agree with that. And, um, you know, some of the most uh, religious people I know are tarot readers that do the rosary four times a day. And they see it as a conversation with God. And if, as long as it to me is for the highest good of the person that I'm reading yes. and a true reflection. And I've really tried to clear you know, my own stuff as much as I can and tap into their energy. It's like, how is it evil to tap into your own intuition, right? How is it evil to want to help someone on their path? It depends yeah. on your intentions, right? You know, there's nothing dark or negative about tarot itself or tarot cards. There's nothing demonic. People were, I have a whole thing on my website actually about debunking those myths about that was number one is tarot evil. I love it. Um, uh -huh. Because I answer them so much, but there are certain cards that look scary, right? Like the devil card oh, sure. or the death card and people are afraid and, and they actually mean really beautiful things. Um, yes. The devil card is showing you anywhere that you have a codependency or a negative attachment or something that's not good for you. So when you right. see that, you know, and most of the time, you know, is the truth, you know, it's just validating, validating uh -huh. something you already know. Um, and then the death card is about transformation and that's beautiful. Yep. And that's how they see death in general is you don't really die. Energy never dies. That's science, right? You go somewhere. Yep. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's just transforming from one state to the other. And when that card shows up, it's a good thing. It's a sign that you're shedding your ego and you're actually following your path. Oh my gosh. So, 100%. You know, yes. Yeah. I yeah, love debating that, the tarot. <laughs> well, and the death card, um, very closely correlates to if you, um, follow any, um, spiritual meaning behind animals, the owl mm -hmm. has come to represent death. And so there's, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's in native American culture. And also in one of my friends was telling me about her Mexican heritage and how they fully believe that if you see an owl, that it's an omen of death. And at first it, it sounds like it's something to be scared of. And I hear owls all the time. And now I have they, they take on a new meaning for me. It is death yeah. in the sense of the death card. There's the ego that's falling away. It's the transformation to your higher self. So for me, it's always been like confirmation that, oh, okay, I'm, I'm 
doing what I need to do. You're doing your work. Yeah. 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 So it's come to be a really positive thing for me. But at first I think people do have a like, oh gosh, something to be scared of fear behind it. Um, Yeah. And I had never correlated the owl and the death card in tarot being the same, but I think that's beautiful because it kind of goes back to what I'm saying, whether you're following numerology or spiritual meaning of animals, it's all the ways that the universe is communicating with you at all times. And it's just, which way is resonating with you? Which way is landing? Well, then pay attention to that one and then let the others go. Yeah. That's what I tell people is, you know, you, you get those intuitive instincts and when you see signs and synchronicities that validate that, that have a meaning to you it, it yeah. isn't a coincidence and even if it yeah. was a coincidence the fact that it means something to you that's where carl young coined the term synchronicity because someone had a dream that he was um he was uh, doing psychoanalysis with about a moth landing on a window and then they were in a session and the moth landed on the window right next to them and the thing is he said you know what makes a synchronicity is it has some kind of meaning to you and the coincidence of it happening at the time so right. like I could give you one that happened to me the other day, speaking of death and transformation, um, I was in the park here. I'm in Brooklyn. <laughs> I was in the park, wasn't planning to go outside. I was like, I should take a break. My friend invited me out. We're sitting there talking and she happens to ask me if I've ever been to Jamaica. I told her, yeah, I actually took my mother there right before she passed away for her 60th birthday. And as I said that, this huge black and yellow monarch butterfly, which I've never seen in Brooklyn, <laughs> I've definitely never seen down at the park flies between us. I almost missed it. They said, did you see that? And I caught it as it was going. It almost hit me like in the face. And then I realized her birthday, that was on a Friday. Her birthday was the coming Monday. So it's like, no one can tell me that wasn't a sign that, you know, they're around and you can talk to spirits. That's how tarot works is basically I'm tapping into your spirit guides. They're giving my spirit guides info and I'm just the medium, the in-between giving the information, same as a medium. It's just a tool. Like you said, they're pieces of paper. I say like they have no power or they have no Mm-mm. evil yeah. qualities unless you put that energy on it. Um, right. the power is in your um, ability to tap into your energy, right? Same with a medium. They don't even need cards. They're able to just tap in through their, they're opening their mind to another mm-hmm. wavelength. Um, I posted something interesting about a doctor that did a brain map on a medium and how her thinking brain completely goes offline. He said, and the other side lights up and it's so fascinating because most people can't do that, but anybody could be a medium. Anybody could do it. It's not a special person. It's just a person that's able to turn off that part of the brain, which is not a lot of people in our day and age. Right. So, well, um, and I think that's why meditation is so important because it's teaching you how to learn how to do that. Like it's a learning process. That's the way they call it a practice because you have to practice Mm -hmm. to get better at it, but Mm -hmm. it's really just learning how to turn off the monkey brain and tap into what's bigger than all of us. And we all have access. And we need it now more than ever because we have social media telling us what to think. We have school that tells us what to think. We have TV, we have distractions, we have our phones. If we don't take time to go within, then we, we're not really clear on how I feel. So if I ever feel like I'm confused now or I've got this jumbled mm-hmm. stuff in my head, I just disconnect for a while and let it settle and see what kind of like sifts out, you know, and that little yep, nugget yep. of gold that's left is me, you know? And so I have my own yeah. tricks for that because I'm not the best at meditating because I have a busy mind, but there's other techniques that I use that help me get clear, you know? Um, oh, for that's sure. for everybody, you know? Um Well, and I think that's what it, it comes down to finding your balance, right? Like what is your thing? And the traditional meditation is not for everybody, but, Mm -hmm. um, I think 
it holds a lot of value because it teaches us how to tap into listening. And it's again, just one tool in this entire tool chest we have access to that teaches you how to trust yourself and trust Mm -hmm. your intuition and how to hear it and listen to it. Yeah. And I I think that makes us a little dangerous, right? Like why don't they teach that in schools? Cause then we'd have independent free thinking minds and not just go along with the status quo. Right. Exactly. Um, and I, I teach a stretching class once a week and I, to New Yorkers who are chronically busy and fast and just slowing them down and getting them to focus on their body and their breathing. You could see the stress melting off, but you could also see the yep. awareness building and that's how you change your life, you know, not that by is doing where what the power is. tells you to do. Yes, exactly. So, and I guess that's the thing with my coaching is like, I'm not trying to make people dependent on me for answers. Even with tarot, they come to me over and over. I'm like, you know, it's time to, that's why I kind of turned it into coaching, like intuitive coaching. It's like, mm-hmm. I want you to be able to get these answers from yourself. I'm happy to validate and guide you, but I want you to be able to trust yourself to get these answers, you know, more often because I won't be here forever. Right. So someday well, and I have to, <laughs> yeah, know how to do it for yourself. And I think that's beautiful. And I will say every truly impactful coach and guru of any kind that I have followed and learned from, they're all doing the same thing. It's not about I'm special and I have access to this thing you don't have access to. It's about teaching people how to access it for themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I say all the time, that's what I'm doing is, is helping you trust yourself. Um, exactly. th- it's funny that yeah. you said validation a couple times because I feel like that's all it ever does. Like it's not predicting the future. It's validating what we already know to be true. Um, but for whatever reason, we look outside, we want somebody else to tell us that that is actually true and accurate when really it's just about tapping into your, your own intuition to know what's true and to trust yourself to know that that is the truth. And, you know, people ask me like, how do you, how do you, where do you get the courage to like make these big moves? Or like, I think that's when I noticed like, oh, there's something I can help people with here is that, that, that jump. And why did I do it? And I I mean, I came from a single mom and a, it's money and security background. And I don't know where I, I always think back to that first leap of faith and think, was it brave or was it really naive and dumb? And I was just too young to know. I think it might've been both, but then I made it consciously knowing it could be dumb. And I realized like the fear is always going to be there. That doubt might always be there, especially if you've had trauma or childhood insecurity. Right. And so it's, it's not about waiting till that goes away, but there are ways you can, calm your nervous system down so that it's not overwhelming mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. still move past those fears, you know, um, which luckily from my mental health background, that job I thought I didn't want, I learned so yes. much about my own energy and my own background and um, got so much out of that personally, besides what I'm able to use to help other people cope with life, you know, but um, basically it's, it's doing it anyway. You know, I mean, everything I ever did that brought me some satisfaction sure. was terrible like singing on stage for one, but now it doesn't bother me as much. And the more you do it, the less fear you'll have because you'll start to build the confidence by doing, but you got to take, I say like that first step, right? Like that little first step, that choice to make a change is the hardest part. And whether it's starting a business or taking a leap of faith or moving, it's Mm -hmm. always that first step that's the hardest. And then once you get in there and you're doing the work, you know, you're in the ring and it's ups and downs, but then the highs are so much more amazing than you could have imagined when you were on the outside looking at it, you know? Um, and I've had some amazing moments where I know, like, I didn't line this up. Someone else 
rewarded me with this for taking this leap of faith, you know, because I couldn't have yeah. possibly put those circumstances together that made that happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to your whole like life is this meandering journey because in the moment, it doesn't look like it makes any sense at all that we're jumping from one drastically different thing to another. But in mm-hmm. hindsight, you can look back and say, oh my gosh, that thing prepared me for this thing and this led me to that. And then, and, and then it all kind of makes sense. And you're like, oh, there's a hindsight, bigger plan yes. here. You know, like 100%. I'm not the only one making these decisions. Um, and I think yep. there was something else I was going to say and I, it has floated away, but it will come back and I'm going to ask my well, next question. Go ahead. Oh, did you have another point? Oh, I was going to say, well, it made me think of something that came up because I did live readings today. That's another thing I can mention, I guess. I have a free Facebook. It's a private Facebook group, but anybody can join. Just agree to the rules so we keep it high vibe. And I do free readings every Wednesday at um, 11 Eastern time. But what came up as kind of the theme today was like, we want to have control, right? We want to, we want to, we want to see how it's going to happen. And if we can let go of that control, I have a friend that's kind of a chronic control freak, left brain, and and we've learned from each other, but she, something fell through for her that she was excited about. And she goes, you know what? I went out and danced in the rain with my dog. And I was like, what? (laughs) She was like, I realized that it must have happened for a reason. I'm like getting chills and that I I didn't need to worry about it. And that everything was lining up and maybe that wasn't the apartment for me. And I literally cried (laughs) because I was like, oh my God. And so she's like, I don't know why, but I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't afraid, you know, and that's the difference between following the soul line path and trying to figure it out in our mind where we can, we can make things happen. We can also make the wrong things happen and make ourselves miserable. So for sure. Yes. (laughs) Example exhibit a here of, (laughs) making things happen that aren't always the best thing. Um, Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. And what is kind of serendipitous about this conversation is that my previous interview, we talked all about letting go of control. So it's, it's very much in line with, well, and what I think is interesting, um, I find a lot of my validation on Instagram, which is um, really wackadoo bizarre. I think (laughs) that, that the universe kind of validates what I'm thinking and feeling and what's resonating or what came through on meditation through the posts that I see on social media. Now I will say I very carefully and intentionally sculpted my feed. So Mm -hmm. I made sure that, well, I think it's no different than um, choosing a healthy diet. I think what I consume on social media is my choice and regardless of the algorithms trying to do what they're doing, I know how to specifically make sure that I've got the right, positive, good stuff coming in. So anyways, I will often see a post that validates something I heard in meditation. This happens almost daily. And so it, it doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, my previous conversation was about letting go of control. And then it comes up again here, because I think the collective will often hear all of the same thing. And then then we start talking about it and that's where the synchronicities happen and what seems and like a coincidence. Yeah. And you know, we're, we really are all connected. We're all just balls of energy. Yes. If you look at science, we're just little containers of energy and we only have this physical appearance because we can observe each other and we have senses. Otherwise we just be right. little balls of energy in the universe and we'd all yeah. be bouncing off each other. Right. So it's kind of yeah. funny that I could be online doing a reading, talking about letting go of control the same time you're recording, talking yeah. about letting go of control. And then we, 
I wonder why the universe brought us together and aligned us because exactly. we have the same, I have yet to get on a podcast with somebody that I didn't feel aligned to. And, you know, oh, I just think awesome. it's funny how, how the universe sorts, you know, and some haven't happened. And I oh, think maybe that yes. was a reason. You well, know? And if you listen to Abraham Hicks, they use the term sifting and sorting often. And it's all about just choosing and choosing again and energy and refining and, yeah. and refining and being intentional, like intention is everything. Well, I think that comes down to the whole, well, we're supposed to, we're taught, we're supposed to do, you pick your career, you go do your career, you get, be yeah. good at your career, you have your family, whatever. Um, and I think that does us a disservice because it doesn't allow for the twists and turns. And if we realize, yeah. well, yeah, you pick a career and let's start with that and let's see how it goes. And maybe yeah. you find a part of that career that you like. And there's a part that maybe a you know, don't like as much, you know, and, yeah. and things kind of will, I, I do totally agree with the whole defeat. I, I, that happens to me every day too, where I'll see someone's reading that validates what I was just feeling, you know, and yeah. I, I don't yeah. think that one specific one came across my view for no reason, you know, or the right, right. people coming to me that needed me, you know, um, sure. Kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, okay. So then when you look back at your whole story and this meandering path that you've taken to get where you are today, what inspires you most about your story? I think it's those moments where I trusted my intuition when I had absolutely every reason not to, <laughs> yeah. you know, keep pe people telling me, uh, I think about when I, you know, decided to choose dance because I knew that was the thing that I, that I loved at that time. And I was technically yeah. behind and it took me four auditions to get into my college dance department. And I used to take this walk from the dance department to upper campus and I would smell these eucalyptus trees I remember and I would think to myself like what am I doing is this crazy idea that I'm doing this and my dad would tell me you know maybe you should get a business minor just in case yeah. and yeah. I just kept feeling this little voice that just said keep going and it was really subtle and it was really yes. quiet but it was also very persistent <laughs> and that's how I've learned to hear my intuition because fear is very loud and it's very upfront and it's very pushy and intuition mm -hmm. is not so it's harder to listen to but I did, and and the fourth time I got in, and everyone around me said, I, "I'm not surprised," you know, and I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I had to do the work, you know. I had to physically do the work, and I had to prove myself, and I had to earn my right to be there just as much. Um, and the same thing when I moved to New York, you know, um, I had to find my path there with dance too in the professional world because. I knew I wasn't the type to go to an audition and get picked. So I just produced my own shows and that was me choosing my path again and realized I actually really liked the producing the most. And that was kind of my first thing. I never really wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to create a experience, you know, I wanted people to yeah. feel something um, and escape reality. So I don't see it as so different from what I'm doing now. I want people to go for the life they imagine and not the one that they think they can get because I don't think we're limited in any way. And I think the only way we limit mm -hmm. ourselves is in our minds. So I think 100%. that's what surprises me the most is that those little, the littlest thing, the littlest change, the littlest thought you have could be, have the potential to drastically change and expand your life. And if I look back, there's not one time I did that, that it didn't get better. You know, I, there yes. was no, not that it was easy at first. I'll say that that first year you make a big change could be a very challenging year. It doesn't mean you made the wrong decision, you know, um, it right. just might it, it might make, stir things up, you know, but that's living. It's supposed to be like that, right? We're not supposed to yeah, just coast through with no issues or ups and downs, that's the thing, you know? Yeah, that's not the goal. Like, I, I remind people all the time, we came here to have a human experience, which includes mm -hmm. the breadth, the full breadth of the emotional experience. We didn't come here just to be peaceful and calm all the time. Like, we came here to feel it and to yep. experience it. And 
that means the good shit along with the bad shit. Like, it's, yeah. And, and, and it's so quote afraid. unquote good and bad, right? Like, yeah, it's not really, it's just a feeling and an emotion. Yeah. And in spirituality, the more you lose your ego, the more of a, and by ego, I mean like your fears, your attachments to things, like your attachments to that was supposed to work out or that person was supposed to be my life partner or even your own identity, right? My identity was I'm a performer, I'm a dancer. So to go mm-hmm. to a desk job felt like I was killing a part of myself, right? Yes. And that was part of the journey, but to look back and realize that gave me some skills and gave me a broader perspective and made me a better friend and made me a better person. And, you know, and that is what I wanted in my life was to have amazing people around me that were creative and accepted me for who I was. And that's what spirituality has opened up to me is, you know, yep. it can be as weird, weird as you want and you can be accepted by the right people. Right. And owning your weirdness. I love um, Christine McConnell's a great oh. example. Oh, sure. Do you know Like, her? this is my... No, I don't. What? Christine who? Oh. Christine McConnell. She's amazing. She's... Mm-hmm. She's... I call her, like, the gothic um, Martha Stewart. Like, she... Oh. <laughs> she does all these uh, amazing... Like, she does hand renovations from scratch, baking, photography, but it's all kind of, like, this Halloween-y vibe. But she's the most, oh. like, sweet, uh, meticulous, amazing person. And she started her own... Um, photography and then got a Netflix show and they didn't renew her. She started a Patreon site charging like $3 a month. And so, mm-hmm. but she has enough people in there that she's making $40,000 to make her own crafts that she would do anyway, living in a Gothic mansion in upstate New York and basically living out her fantasy of being like, you know, uh, so the Adams family. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I always look at her and I think you can make a living or create whatever life you is, is unique to you, you know? And, Oh, that's um, the that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Is to figure out. It's actually not figuring out. It's remembering who mm. you are and honoring the ways yes. you need and want and desire to create. Because I think we're all creative beings. Um, I will have to check her out because she sounds fascinating. And she's a great example of starting again because she had her thing in California. She actually renovated it even down to like hand painted the wallpaper in a home in California, oh and they decided, goodness. you know what? this isn't really this bright, shiny yellow house is not really me. I wanted an old Gothic mansion in the East coast. So she packed up her whole family, her like two dogs, three cats, boyfriend, and just drove to the East coast and bought this house. And is now, you know, probably I'm sure was bummed when her Netflix show didn't get renewed, but I always say rejection, another theme today, rejection is redirection. So she got, she got, you know, her show canceled on her, but then she turned it online and is probably making more money and in control of her own fate and her own empire, you know, and yes. it's amazing well, that that show got canceled. And that's the thing that I always find fascinating. It's more, the more we let go of control, the more we're really controlling the outcome of getting what we want. It's just usually mm. working out better than we would have done on our own. Mm-hmm, when we give mm-hmm. up controlling how it happens oh. and just allow the universe to come in and kind of fill in the gaps with mercy and yeah. grace and all these beautiful you know, beautiful things, then you end up in this place where you're like, wow, I couldn't have even imagined creating exactly. this. That's the imagination which, part or, you know, the, yeah. the magical part. I say, I say, when you align your mind, body and soul to your desires, that's when the universe meets you halfway, I think, and steps in uh-huh. and brings, we try to control the when and the how and the why. And the truth is, and the it's so limiting that happened. Yeah. So limiting that happened to me yeah. were things I never expected, you know, out of left field kind of, or I would just kind of sit back and watch like, 
who's, if I was confused about something, like what's coming to me naturally, what feels good to me that comes to me naturally. And I did this yeah. with clients for a while in order to figure out my niche too. And I realized I like people that are kind of spiritually curious and open yeah. to learning and growing and don't yeah. want to just complain all the time, but maybe are feeling a little stuck and need a help and a push to yeah. kind of move forward. Yeah. I think, um, most people just need a gentle nudge mm-hmm. and, and really it just comes back to, it's a gentle nudge to trust themselves mm-hmm. and know that they already, you've, you already know. Anytime someone says, I don't know, I'm like, you, you already know. Yeah. You it's do. permission. Sometimes someone, mm-hmm. someone said to me, you gave me permission to be my, to be who I really was. Yes. And so many people are telling you, well, you're selfish to do that because you have kids or, and oh, I always think yes. you're the, you're the, you're the most selfless you could be when you follow what your heart's telling you, because that has a purpose for the world, you know? Um, it does because it makes you a better version for everybody in your life. Like it yeah. creates the and best version of you. And mm-hmm. those examples, this is why I love this podcast because I get to talk to amazing people, but it gives my listeners the expander that they need to see. So mm-hmm. I know for a fact that every person who comes on is going to speak at a soul level to somebody listening mm. because they need to see, Oh my God, that person is doing that thing. So I can do it too. It's exactly. like giving themselves permission mm-hmm. to trust themselves, but also to let your desires be okay. And more than okay, yeah. they're divine. They're yeah. They're, they're guided for a reason. And especially yourself. if you, you keep getting confirmation of that, you know, yeah. um, like for example, I was watching something right when I was thinking about moving back, and it was a it was a documentary someone recommended called I think it was called On Top, and it was about Suzanne Barsh, who's a famous producer here in New York. She and in the thing, there was a moment where she just really spoke to my soul, like you said, when she was sitting in the back of a cab and said she came all the way from Sweden and that she didn't know what she was going to do, but she was going to make it happen. Basically, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. woman is still here. That was in the '60s, and she's still producing. Well, one night I took out some friends I happened to meet in Paris that were visiting New York. And we went to a burlesque show, and then they said, hey, we got invited to this party, this rooftop, you want to come? So I went. It was this amazing view of the city, and I go up there, and all of a sudden, I'm hearing the words on top, on top. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? They go, this is the Suzanne Barsh's party called On Top. I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> like, my goodness. And I turn around, and she, she, I was in the party. I didn't know that's what I got invited to, and she was yeah. there, standing there next to me. And I oh, shook gosh. her hand, and I was like, you're the whole reason I moved back. <laughs> and that's she incredible. was like, I mean, I mean, one of the, that's an example of like something I couldn't have planned, right? Like, do you know, you could have even, yeah, set it up. Yeah. I didn't even know I was going to be with these people. I didn't know we were going out that night. I almost went home and didn't go to this party. Something told me just go regret it later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feel like hell tomorrow, you know? Um, so yeah, I yeah. did. And it was such huge confirmation. Like I was supposed to come back, you know, and I'm supposed to produce again. And I did, you know? Yes. And so. Yes. I love amazing. that. Good to be inspired. It is amazing. By- well, People and well, I, I have gone to, um, a couple different psychics, but I remember the first one I went to and I was the biggest skeptic going into this. I was like, I, I would have considered myself spiritually curious at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, something was just kind of speaking to me, like, let's go check this out. And I walked in and I was like, oh my goodness, there are nothing but crazy people in here. Like, what am I doing here? Okay, fine. I'm going to go see what this late. And I was just convinced that, you know, like I think half the world thinks about psychics, that they're 
out to scam you and just trying to take Mm -hmm. your money and they don't really know what they're talking about. And throughout, and so I was giving her literally nothing to work with. I'm sure I was like, she was probably just like, okay, this is frustrating, (laughs) but she did her thing. She heard from the universe. She spirit was talking to her. And despite my skepticism. And so then she would say something and I was like, oh gosh, I just heard that the other day. And she would say something else. And I was like, wow, that reminds me of this. And she goes, that's confirmation, honey. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And in hindsight, now I'm looking back, I'm like, God, it could have been such a better reading had I given her any sort of context to what she was hearing. It would have made more sense and she could have guided the conversation better. But here I was, you know, all that's so interesting. And and such a a great point because I actually kind of like skeptics, but I like the ones that are like open to hearing maybe. I mean, I will say that I'm naturally cynical. I think my dad is very cynical. My mom was very spiritually open. So I think I I had a good balance of the two where I believe in things, but I also want the universe to prove it to me or I want that person to prove it to me. And unfortunately there are people out there that aren't really tapped in that are doing the work and taking people's money, giving generic answers that make the legitimate people that can actually tap and look bad. Yeah. I believe, you know, it's unfortunate that there's a stigma that a psychic or a medium is a separate type of person that has special gifts. I do think that there's people that have gifts to tap in and interpret And I think creative people I've noticed, like when I went on my creative journey is when I really started to open to my guests because I was, Mm -hmm. I think creativity is tapping into another divine source, right? Of inspiration. So it's actually not that strange, but being able to do it for others and being able to let go of your mind, like we said, is a challenge. And I will say though, that, um, I've been experiences where, you know, I, I, if, if you're willing to kind of just assume if you go into a reading kind of assuming let's, let's assume that they're legit and doing it for the right intentions. Right. It should be an interaction because cards can have multiple meanings. And also like we're, we're not, it's an educated guess, but we're interpreting. Right. So like with any interpretation, if I was interpreting a language, I might get a couple words wrong. And then if you're looking for the thing that's wrong or the skepticism, then you're going to go right to that. And you might miss something that's so important for you to hear in that reading. Right. Yeah. But when you come in open and it sounds like you've become more open over time too. So, um, Oh, for sure. For one, you're easier to read and we're going to get clearer messages when you come in with an open heart because your energy is more open. Right. And then for two, it's, you'll realize it is interactive and, you know, you're still going to get the validation that proves to you it's real because I'm going to tell you things that there's no way I could have known. Right. Especially with mediumship. And then there's, um, you know, but if people are going in there looking to disprove it, they'll find a way, you know? Yeah. Um, But, but I say like, have a balance. Like, you know, if if they're giving you something that's totally not aligned to you, maybe that person isn't, isn't, uh, you know, tapped in enough or, or someone that, is aligned. And I've had readers I followed that I was really aligned with for a certain time. And then after a while, I was like, this isn't really aligned anymore. Oh yeah. 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 Because I think we, we all kind of, we're all energy, right? So we all ebb and flow and, and you're going to like super resonate with people depending on where your energy is at the time. And then Mm -hmm. other times you're going to kind of drift away. So that totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's validation, but I think the more that you lean on other people, whoever you're getting a reading from, whatever sort of a reading it is, it's just going to build that confidence that you have in yourself. The more you get validated on what you already know, it's kind of just, they're just tools in the process. But, oh, my point Uh was it's all interpreting energy and it's Mm -hmm. all a specific human being who is the interpreter. 
which means it's all filtered through that person's perspective and their life journey and their context and their examples. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, human beings get it wrong all the time. So it's all about just taking what resonates and Mm -hmm. leave the rest behind. Like, yeah. And mediumship has taught me a lot about that because it's something I'm working on. And I have a friend that we kind of barter and she helps me with spiritual development and help her with business coaching. But the hardest part, again, is just trusting what you get. Right. And then filtering out the mind, what the mind's telling you about it and what you're, what you just instinctively feel. And I've know I've learned that when I overinterpret, that's when I have room for error. And I'm like, but it's an Mm -hmm. art and skill like any other trade, right. Where we have to learn, you know, that's why some people charge hundreds and hundreds of dollars an hour because they're so skilled at that ability. Um, and I I get better over time, you know, and then by, by getting the validation and, and trying to confirm with them, I learn, okay, maybe there's, a good example, my friend and I did joint readings the other day. And at the very beginning of the reading, I thought I was reading her mom and, and I got this man's image in my mind and a very specific shirt with like a Latin shirt. I kept saying the word Cuban and Cubans. Mm-hmm. I saw a Cuban cigar and I saw that kind of old fashioned hat. And I just kept saying, and then I saw one person with three people following mm-hmm. and it was right at the beginning, like a flash and then it went away. And, you know, she validated parts of it, but I just kept thinking like, I don't think she's validating the part that I really saw, you know, like uh-huh. what was that? I just remember thinking, I'm like, all the rest resonated, but he, he was right at the beginning. So funny enough, I go to teach the other day. I happen to put on Cuban. I don't know what baby put on Gypsy Kings. I was teaching a private client and she goes, just curiosity. She's like, what made you put that on today? And I go, I don't know. I just felt like it. She goes, you never put that on. I'm like, I know. She goes, you know, it's Father's Day, right? And I said, yeah. She goes, my dad was Cuban. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I said to her, I was like, did he wear that shirt with the panels, with the embroidery uh-huh. and a hat? And the, and she goes, yeah, it's called, it had a name. I didn't know it had a name, Guadabira or something. I'm saying it wrong. And she goes, we buried him in that shirt. And I was like, all right. That was for her. And she has three sisters. That was the person I saw leading the other three people because I think she was supposed to bring that message back to them. So basically he saw me as an opportunity. He knew I was yep. going to meet with her Sunday. We almost yep. moved it to Monday and we didn't funny enough. And I think he just slipped in. And now if I had beat myself up and said, I got that wrong or, oh, you know, it yeah, didn't yeah, really yeah. get validated for that person. It wasn't for her, you know, but if I just trust that what I saw was real and that it was for someone and that yep. what an amazing and it would way make sense to get point. to her, you know what I mean? Cause she wasn't there yeah. in the reading and he was going to find a way to get that message. So I call that a well, hijacking. <laughs> a hijacking. Yes. And I think, <laughs> I think the universe hijacks all the time. Yeah. I oh yeah. Whatever. That's why people say whatever's meant to you, meant be for will you be. will find you. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's going, it's yours. It's already yours. It's going to happen no matter how hard you try to make it not happen. So or you mentioned it's about timing, right? Like maybe it's, being blocked for a reason because if you got it right now you'd screw it up and it and it's meant for and we're so attached to time so attached to time and impatient and it really is a problem for us because we get attached to our timeline still the universe's timeline right yeah divine timing is a whole thing and it oh yeah so closely correlates to the more we let go and allow divine timing to play out the better it will be it will be more beautiful mm-hmm. than you can even imagine. So you mentioned um, lessons. And so I was going to ask, as you look back on your journey, what is the theme that you've been able to kind of draw out from all of your different lessons? It's to trust your intuition, no matter how crazy it sounds. Or I would mm-hmm. even say, especially when it sounds crazy, because if you think about it, 
if your brain's job is to keep you safe and it's fear-based and it's survival-based, which is a fact, mm-hmm. it's called negativity bias. Our brain is trained mm-hmm. to focus on the negative so that we don't get killed. So, <laughs> so that's it's literally trying where our to brain goes. Safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so our brain's not geared for happiness or it's, mm-hmm. it's geared for survival. So if we think about it and we're feeling an intuition that seems totally counterintuitive, where is that coming from? It's not coming from your mind. We second guess it because it doesn't make sense. But what I've learned is when I feel that strong of a pull and it's as subtle as being like, it's like, I'll feel like a, I'll feel like a no, no. Or like a, yeah, just go this way. Just, I think Abraham says that just go this way. Just go this way. Why not go this way? But we so um, tend to disregard those little messages because they're so quiet. So I would say it's that I held on to that no matter what. And said, even if everyone around me disagreed and more, the more I got kind of, you know, control of myself and autonomy in myself and mm-hmm. release the things that I felt bad about or, um, faced my own ego, the more I could hold my truth and hold on to that tiny bit of intuition, no matter how much sense it made or what everyone around me was saying. And mm-hmm. that it always got better after that. So, you know, I went through the difficult time, usually the first year, like I said, then after that, yes. if I look back, I'm like, I can't imagine if I had stayed in that circumstance that I was in before where I felt stuck or stifled or like I was only using a part of my soul. And that's how the, the, the universe gets us to refine on, on the journey. It's, it's just those little nudges of it could be better over here. You know, I never thought I'd come back to New York, Yeah, but I'm happier, you know, uh, oh, I, and all the I people still I love, I'm still in touch with. Yeah. I still daydream about living in New York. It's one of my all-time favorite cities. I just, I adore the hustle, the bustle, all the people, the energy, the, I, I just, the, the amazing, overwhelming amount of choice that you have in that city. Mm-hmm. I think most people find overwhelming and I'm like, I think it's amazing. I find it very motivating. I, I, I find that I do better when I'm surrounded by creative people that are motivated and, mm-hmm. and go, they're all going for something. They're all, but it's so diverse and they're all going for something based on their soul is what I think I like about it, you know, and there's yeah. so much culture and diversity and, and you can find your people here no matter who you are, you know, and you're kind of accepted no matter who you are and people adopt oh, you, sure. and especially in Brooklyn are so loyal and supportive and, and I've always loved that um, feeling, but I saw myself as a country, small town girl. And if I had held on to that, I would be miserable, I'm sure, you know? So. Oh, for sure. Well, and I think going back to what you said earlier, um, when I think I, I love to interpret dreams and especially for other people, it, it's a, it's easier to do it for other people, I think, cause I'm not attached to the emotion of whatever mm-hmm. they have felt. Um, but my theory on dreams being crazy, which they rarely mean what you like, you can't usually take them just at face value. They're just representing something else, but they tend to be scary or big or like crazy because it's trying to get your attention. To me, mm-hmm. it's just your subconscious trying to get your attention. And so I mm-hmm. think that's sometimes those, those crazy hits of intuition that you're like, that doesn't make any sense. I think they kind of have to be a little crazy to get our attention so that we pay attention. Yeah. Or just, it might not make sense with your life at the time, it might disrupt something. And we don't like change. Mm -hmm. That's another one of our survival Mm -hmm. traits is we don't like change and it threatens our sense of security. And I totally understand that because I didn't have security as a kid. So I'm like the idea of upgrading my life again, when I had finally gotten kind of established and had my own house and it seemed insane to me. I'm like, I must Mm -hmm. be losing it or just always Mm -hmm. chasing 
that adventure or whatever it is. But then I realized once I got here, I got past all that first year of like, what did I do yes. again for the second time? Um, it actually was because there was a part of myself that was still not, hadn't really gotten to the level I, I wanted to. And I went home because I wanted to be with my mom and, and my family. And funny enough, a year later, she got sick and passed away. And I, I went home when, um, when I had everything going well here, you know, I was, I was, I had achieved the dream. I was only teaching dance and Pilates and had a band and I was producing shows and something was like, it's time to go home. It's time to go home Mm -hmm. for a whole Mm -hmm. year. You know, I thought I ruined my life. I don't know why I came to this small town. And when that happened, I happened to be working across the street from her at the time that that happened. So, I mean, you talk about putting me in the right place at the right time and not knowing how I could have got there. And so you never know why you're feeling that urge. And I just thank myself for listening to myself, you know, and even starting at a young age where it turned, I always say like, if I hadn't listened to myself in high school, I wouldn't be standing here right now in New York city, you know, and having these amazing experiences that I get to continue and the people I get to meet and opportunities I've had, you know, um, all from that one little time I listened to my voice and kept listening, you know, and it's that simple to make a change, I think. And I do understand it's scary and that's why I offer like the support accountability part of like, you know, it doesn't have to be as hard as what I went through and doing it alone. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. I wish I would have asked for more support sometimes along the way when I needed it. I learned it too. <laughs> I think listening to our younger self and listening to ourself now, that's all valuable, obviously. But if you could go back and give advice to the younger you, what do you think that would be? I would say to worry less that Mm-hmm. things are always going to work out and you don't have to try to control so hard. I would definitely say to ask for help more and to tell people when you're struggling and not to try to go through oh, it alone yes. and that yes. there's no shame in just saying, Hey, I can't afford that right now. Or, Hey, I, um, you know, I, this doesn't feel good to me speaking up for myself more or whatever that I, oh, yes. I still work on, you know? Um, and that everything that I, and I would say, say yes to everything again, because everything I went through, um, I love that. Ev- everything in spirituality is a lesson. There's no mistakes. Mm-hmm. There's no wrong. And even if you feel bad about something or mm-hmm. guilt or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's part of the human experience. But it, that the constructive way to use that experience is to say, what did I learn from it? And how can I do it better next time? Because the past is over. Yeah. Well, technically it's not. So we're always on a continual timeline, but. So yeah, you can, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. actually change the past by changing, chasing it, changing the future. And you, mm-hmm. you affect, you affect everybody. When you decide not to heal, you, you project everything that's not healed onto other people. Right. And I've had to oh do my work gosh, on that yes. too, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so I would just say, you know, like stick with it and, and don't beat yourself up for uh, the twists and turns it takes. It's all part of the, part of the point And Yes. Just try not to worry so much because it's going to work out anyway. You know, it's going to work out for your highest good. It's going to be amazing. Yes. It is going to be amazing. And it does work out for your highest good. I, that was like so beautiful and wise and amazing. So from where you're sitting now, looking forward, what do you think is now possible for your life? Ooh, that's so good. Well, I've really learned that we have limitless potential and I, I think I've put myself in a position where I can create my own empire, but that feels authentic to me and that helps people. So mm-hmm. I still have a dream of one day opening a uh, 1930s cabaret dinner theater style venue and being the oh, lady in the fun. back with a martini and a, and an evening dress and overseeing things. Yes. Uh, 
retiring in Europe, I, I want to continue the adventure until I die. But I think that there's a lot of people that I can connect with in the meantime and in between. And I'm looking forward to meeting other amazing women like you that inspire me. And it's been even in just this, since this year, amazing journey and connecting to other spiritual people. And I'm so inspired by people that just want to work on themselves. And so yeah. I think that I can take that so many directions. I'd like to do more group coaching and retreats eventually and see that's my event producing background comes right yes. into play my writing it all kind of fits into this so I'm really excited to to get involved in all of it and just see where it takes me and I love to travel so I'm going to Africa this August and I'm, that's going to be a real adventure <laughs> and so you know what's amazing to me about this conversation we're having is um the previous conversation I had they're just like intertwining each coming other right together Oh yeah. And she talked all about adventure and now you're talking all about adventure. I'm like, okay, message received on the adventure. (laughs) So can I tell you, can I, can I tell you, can I pull a card for you? Oh yes. Because I already did it, but I I always ask permission. (laughs) I was bringing it up because it's this enchanted map Oracle deck, which is can signal like if you were thinking about traveling or something, but um, but the irony is the message in the book says it's, it was unexpected visitors in reverse. Uh-huh. And so it's, it's like, it basically says that anything that's delayed or bad news lost, anything you're disappointed about, um, that the change, uh, it's, it's like when bad weather threatens a boat and it's about shifting the, the conditions and how beautiful the sky will be afterward. It says, accept what is and a more, uh, fulfilling path will soon be revealed, Remember that if you expect the unexpected, nothing can come as a shock. But it also basically says at the top exactly what we've been talking about the whole time, that not to resist what, accepting what is and just accepting mm-hmm. it's part of a, a bigger plan. It says at the top, um, for the hi- it literally says, for the highest good of you or others. <laughs> so, like, so many I'm synchronicities, right? So perfect. <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> Well, I suspect people are going to want to know the answer to this, to this next question. Um, where can my listeners find you? Yeah, you can find me on my website anytime. It's followyoursoulpath.com. It's www.followyoursoulpath.com. I think you still have to type in the whole thing because it's that new still. Um, you can book tarot readings on there. You can... Um, also read about my coaching programs. I have a life purpose coaching program. That's it's three months, or you can do it as a nine week intensive. And basically the first phase, it kind of follows the butterfly phases. It's my sign. So the first phase is about, um, I go in and figure out your mind, body, soul blocks and help you release and clear them. And the second phase is about getting clear on your intuition and separating it from your fear and getting clear on what you want your future to look like. Kind of like we said, like thinking about a bigger vision of it and, um, imagining beyond what's possible. And then we put a plan in place to start doing that. And then the third month I left open-ended to be customized to whatever you need at that point, because everyone's on different journeys. So yep. some people are changing careers and I can help them with like live um, cover letter and editing um, mm-hmm. feedback mm-hmm. and support copywriting. And some people are just wanting to feel better. Maybe they want some custom Pilates sessions or mindset coaching or more tarot readings. Um, it's mm-hmm. really open to what you need and whatever I can provide. I'm happy to do. Or law of, law of attraction coaching, right? More intuition. I'm learning. I'm yeah. also getting a lot of people that at that point want to just focus on spiritual development, like maybe getting yeah. uh, opening to their gifts or their own intuition, or even maybe they're secretly mediums themselves and kind of tapping yes. into their guides or something. So, 
So that was my way of getting structures that we get to some, somewhere solid, but also flexible to your journey. And then I do marketing consulting for entrepreneurs that I just get live online with you like this and do whatever you need marketing feedback. You can show me what you're working on. I can review your copy, um, give you feedback on your website, your online presence, whatever. Um, that's, that's six perfect. sessions that go twice a month for, six, for three months. So that's how I could best make use of my crazy background and <laughs> things that yeah. I like to do. And I have a lot of that's, fun with my clients. So that's definitely um, like a full circle moment, as you've described, kind of what mm-hmm. you've done and where you came from and how you build your skill set along the way. And kind of now you've built that into a holistic offering, which is amazing. Thank you. And then there's a Facebook group if you want to join just for, you know, free weekly readings. It's Facebook.com. You did send me that link. Yeah, slash groups, slash follow your soul path. So you can just search follow your soul path and it should come up. Well, I will definitely provide all of those links in the show notes so everybody can go directly to any and all of those places that they are interested in. But I cannot say thank you enough for joining me today. It was such a lovely conversation. I may have gotten more out of it than anybody else, but I (laughs) think this was a pleasure. I got a lot out of it too. I love um, meeting new people that are, you know, interesting to talk to and the spiritual journey. I feel like we help each other and it's beautiful energy exchange. So thank you for having me. It, It is. It is. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much. So whether you want to write a book, start a new business, or just put one foot in front of the other after divorce, the very first step you must take is to find your center, to align with who you really are. The way to do that is to find your very own perfect balance between body, mind, and spirit. Are you ready to figure that out for yourself? Pop on over to shaunalee.com align to gain access to my signature program. In just 45 minutes, you'll learn all you need to know to create your own plan to find your center. Align is the program name. Find it under services at shaunalee.com.